0: I love Wednesdays because that's when Kevin Dana joins me and on today's show we're going to talk about the defending world champion Warriors. 10% of the season is in the books and the Warriors are two games below 500. They have yet to win on the road. They have the worst defense in the NBA but I'm not hitting panic buttons. I don't know if Kevin's hitting them yet. We'll find out in just a moment. But, Dub Nation, I can understand you being a little concerned. I think that's a valid emotional response to what's going on. We're going to break it all down next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day.
0: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online—it's where the game starts. You follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz Warriors, who tip off their season this Saturday. I hope I'm correct on that. Friday, At- off by one day. Oh, oh, Friday. I'm sorry. No, Friday, yeah. November 4th. We're only two days away. Yeah, yeah, you can follow yeah. Kevin Dana on Twitter at kevo 4 wait You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at DogSurfRoadShow. Kevin, your immediate reaction to the Golden State Warriors losing a game that Steve Kerr, Stephen Curry, and others have called uh, a performance of great effort despite the scoreboard not indicating as such. What is your reaction to the Warriors now being 0-3 on this road trip?
1: I mean, I do think it was the best game they played, more or less from front to back on the road trip, I should say, because obviously they, they played better in their three wins to start the season. But, yeah, there were a couple of things. I thought, and Slater pointed this out, and this is kind of what I thought even before I read Slater, the game turned with four minutes to go in the first quarter. Like, they got off to such a great start defensively. Miami had scored like nine points in the first half of the first quarter, it's 21 to 15. Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins come out and then Miami, which had scored 15 points in the first 8 minutes, blitz the Warriors for 18 points over the next four. And obviously the Warriors came back to take a 10-point lead from beyond there, but like that defensive identity that was set just got smashed. And you know, we're going to talk I assume about kind of the issues that the reserves have had, you know, throughout the year. There were some encouraging signs I thought later from the reserves but yeah I mean it it's tough and it's frustrating like when you're losing games this is gonna sound stupid but when you're losing games these are the kind of games that you lose instead of win like if the Warriors were like in a in in a good rhythm they would have beaten Charlotte they would have beaten Miami yeah they probably still lose the Detroit back end of a back-to-back but these are the kind of games that like If like you kind of like coin flip games that when you're rolling, you win those coin flip games and they're not rolling right now and they lost and you you could say whatever you want about the the foul call with a buck 39 that got overturned on the Steph Curry three. I think I saw some of your thoughts on Twitter Cyrus and uh, I'm sure we'll probably get into that as well. But like when it's not rolling right, I, I I kind of think back to like the Orlando loss last year. Like at any other junction of the season, they smoked the Magic. Mm-hmm. They played in Orlando. That was like the nadir of their season, and they lost. Uh, like uh, like a really frustrating game. Then they came back and kicked Miami to the curb. Uh, in one of like. In that 20-game stretch or whatever it was when they were playing terrible, they somehow like just blew the the heat out of the water in that game. But like I, I think back to like a loss like they had against Orlando last year where if that was a different part of the season, they'd probably win that game. Mm-hmm. And just things aren't going well for Golden State right now. And just it's, it's kind of mounting and snowballing.
0: That being said, I did think it was their best performance of the road trip. And, and I'm guessing uh, you thought it was their best performance because they actually were showing energy. They were showing a little urgency that you actually yeah. saw them exerting energy uh, to defend three-point shots. I still saw way too many open threes, um, and I need to start tracking like how many open threes there are. Uh, there's some there's some websites that, that track measurements like that. But um, look, first things first. I was a little disappointed in the post-game press conference when uh, the, the the press pool did not ask Kerr a single question about Jonathan Kaminga's DNP. Um, I think that's newsworthy. I, I think that's a, a considerable story when you consider the fact that Kaminga last year averaged nearly 17 minutes a game, 16.9 more specifically. Uh, that number is way down this year in year two. Um, I saw a quote from Kerr where he, in literally in the same quote, I can't remember where like where it came from. I don't know if it was like last night or today, but Kerr said, that uh kaminga is going to be fine <clears throat> and uh he just needs nba reps or experience to get better and then in the same sense, he goes yeah he's not playing right now and it's like how is he going to get experience if he's not playing how is he going to develop and get the reps if he's not playing um what are your thoughts so far on jonathan kaminga basically becoming persona non grata on this roster like is it is it is it going to change? You think when he starts showing whatever current company are looking for in practice, like what? Just what are your thoughts on this whole Kaminga thing? Because I think it's it's turning into a disaster. But that's that's just me. Maybe I'm being hyperbolic there. Your thoughts?
1: I mean, I I do think disastrous is hyperbolic. Like it yeah. is. We went through this last week where, like, Kaminga got a lot of DMPs to start the regular season. Then, obviously, like, he's not starting at the same square one that he was starting last year. So you would expect him to get more minutes than he has right now. I mean, it it hasn't happened that way. It's also eight games. I think he's going to get more time soon. And, like, he did play 19 minutes against the Detroit Pistons in largely non-garbage time minutes uh, the rotations just didn't work out in his favor yesterday, and like I don't know enough about the Warriors' game plan, or am in those coaching rooms to know like what rotations against which teams work best for a player like Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, I, I think y- you would like to see. Obviously, you want to see him get more time. I think everyone wants to see Jonathan Kaminga play more, but the the minutes for what for whatever reasons current staff have. determined have not been there. I don't think it's a disaster. I think he's, you know, he's just turned 20 years old and, like, yeah, he had some really good moments last year. Don't get me wrong. I think the sky is the limit for Jonathan Kaminga. But, like, I I do think Steve is making him earn it again. And, uh, yeah, it's as simple as that. And you would think there would be more time out there for him, but that hasn't been the case when, you know, J- J- Michael Green's kind of in his spot, Jamichael Green's getting those minutes, uh, and they've got a pretty tight, you know, I guess, well, how many rotation minutes were there last night? I mean, how many, the you know, 10-man rotation, it's tough to go beyond that, and, yeah. uh, and you know, Ty Jerome needs those backup point guard minutes, who so I- I'm a fan of, I'm sure we'll get into Ty uh, a little bit later, but, Right now he's the odd man out but that's going to change. Like the the I, I highly highly doubt that we're going to see long stretches of DNPs for Jonathan Kaminga this
0: year. I hope so. I hope you're right. I mean, I it's just I don't understand what the big picture uh plan is here because if you're not going to play him, how is he ever going to get better? You know, I just don't I, so you know, I don't know like maybe he's going to be seeing time in Santa Cruz. Um, you know, maybe you're right. And it's just at some point he's going to quote unquote earn it, whatever that means, uh, in in practice or otherwise, maybe Mike Brown favored him more than Kerr does. I mean, what is your, let me ask you this. What is your, what is your opinion on Mike Brown? You and I both, uh, uh, feel very fondly about him as a coach and as a person. I, I, I hope I'm speaking accurately for you saying that. Um, and I feel like his, his absence, his departure you're feeling the impact of that. This was the team's defensive coordinator last year. They don't have a defensive coordinator this year. Um, In what way do you think Mike Brown plays a role in all this and his, him not being there anymore? I mean, I I do think it's not nothing
1: that, that he's gone, right? Like the guy's a defensive mastermind and now he's not on the staff anymore. Like that is a significant loss. Just like GP two is a significant loss. And like, you know, those things can't be overlooked. It's, yeah, I mean, there there's no way around it. Like, that's a lot of brain trust to lose. That guy was yeah. in your locker room for six years, one of the best assistants in the NBA over the last, you know, two decades, going back to his days with Greg Popovich. Obviously, had right. a lot of success as the Cleveland, uh, I was going to say Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. Yeah. I don't think he coaches football, at least as far as I know. Uh and, and now is I mean, they've won two in a row in Sacramento after that 0-4 start. So they're they're uh, you know, try they're starting to uh, amass some wins in Sacramento, and I fully expect them to be a playing team. That is a that is not a negligible loss by yeah. any stretch. And I do want to make one more comment on Kaminga, because I wanted to make this comment last week because I think either you said it correct me if did you say like it would not like what kind of, maybe this wasn't you, what kind of signal it would send to, to put Kaminga in the G league for his second Well, season? I've
0: expressed opinions on that just in the sense that I, I, I do feel like it could have a negative impact psychologically, just in the sense that, um you know, he, he was a, a, an important member of a world championship team. And in year two to send him down to the G league when his, teammate moses moody who's the same age i mean they're what like six months off they were drafted you know in the same draft moody was actually 14th i know moody had the muscleman experience and uh you know he's just a much more mature player but i just i do wonder what kind of psychological psychological impact that would have on Kaminga. with that said if you're not going to play him at all uh then send him there i mean like what do you have to lose, right? But yeah, that's so I don't know. Maybe I said it, maybe right. I didn't. But so
1: so my response to that would be like Jordan Poole played his second year in the G League, like played significant time in the G League, in the G League bubble, was there for almost the entire G League shortened season. Uh so Jonathan Kaminga, like if it were to come to that, and I have no idea if he's going to play in the G League this year, I would doubt it personally. Uh, but like he wouldn't have much of a room to complain because he could look over to Jordan Poole who used that time very well. It's one of the right. top scorers in the G league, got his mistakes out of the way. And then boom, his career kind of took off from there. So like there is precedent sending a second year rotation player down to the G league for this organization. Now I know like, all right, Jordan Poole is number 28 pick and they were coming off a 15 and 50 season. It's a little different, but like going back to, you know, Jonathan Kaminga's minutes did go down significantly in the playoffs. Like I'm um, in, in the NBA finals. He got in four games for a total of like seven minutes. And right. You know, he had a couple, he had one game where he played significantly against the Mavericks and he had two DNPs in that series. He started against the Grizzlies. So like the youngest starter ever in the last 50 years in a playoff game or whatever it was. But like, as the playoffs the went on. Yeah. Yeah. um, the, his, his numbers did go down. So like, Yes, he was, like, a big part to contributing in the regular season. But, like, when push came to shove, the vets were playing in, in the NBA Finals. And, and so, like, yeah, like, I don't think it would send a bad message. Like, because Wiseman went down there for a second year. I mean, obviously, right. that was injury rehab. It was a totally different situation. But, like, I mean, I think 10 years ago it sends a bad message. I think this at this point where the G League is, it's – it's not seen as as much of a demotion. Now, obviously, players don't want like players would much rather be in the NBA in the G League. Who, who right. would? But like I think that's kind of been solidified that, hey, the guy's coming to
0: play in the G League. Doesn't mean his career is over. That it's the end of the world. That's Yeah, that's fair. And like I said, a lot's changed in the last week where, you know, if he's just going to get DNP, send him to Santa Cruz. I mean, the, guy, the kid just needs to play. My entire concern is big picture, right? I, I still maintain that. If Kaminga and Wiseman do not develop, if they don't look like completely different individuals uh, come March, April, I don't think the Warriors repeat as world champions, plain and simple. Like, like they've clearly sent a message with the off-season maneuvers that you know we're, they're going to rely on them now. I thought we were going to see considerable minutes from them. Um, I'll explain why this whole thing is really frustrating me in just a moment. And we're obviously going to touch on Ty Jerome. Uh, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on Klay Thompson and Draymond Green because I want to mention some... Ah, uh, defensive matchup stats of green that indicate he's not doing great defensively. Um, and it makes me wonder if, like, you know, he's no longer the same player he was. but we'll 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 we'll, we'll touch on all that and more after I give some love to a longtime sponsor of this program, bet online. I know Kevin Dana is an ardent, addicted gambler. He bets on every game that he calls. I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> I'm not going to get you in trouble, Kevin. No, Kevin is very hey, ethical. Just call me Kevin Rose, <laughs> Kevin the Greek. Uh, but BetOnline.net uh, is your number one source for betting football and the start of this new basketball season. And look, yesterday, uh, you know, the Steve Nash firing uh, rocked, uh, you know, the NBA world. Uh, I don't think it was that surprising, but. It's just, it is fascinating to see that train wreck in Brooklyn with all the talent they have there not coming to fruition, right? I mean, it's just, it's an absolute mess. Um, and so, since that happened, I just want to point out then the 2023 NBA championship odds uh, now have the Milwaukee Bucks as the favorite. Uh, it's 23 to four. Uh, are there odds? Or what is that, like 5.75 to one? Yeah. Uh, Boston Celtics have moved up. They're now six to one. And the Golden State Warriors are third at seven to one in case you want to, uh, you know, uh, take some action on that. Um, and the Clippers are still weirdly fourth. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to, I mean, the Clippers are the Nets, but I also think they're showing you that maybe they're a little overrated, you know, that just because a piece of paper shows a lot of talent doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to success on the basketball court. Um, and they're rounding out the top five uh, are, are the Phoenix Suns. Um, the Brooklyn Nets, by the way, plummeted in the rankings they're now 14 to 1 i think they were 7 to 1 uh, not that long ago anything stick out to you there in terms of then the odds on title favorites uh here on november 2nd
1: well i mean Kawhi leonard's got to play more than like two out of every seven games like that's the like if Kawhi is fully healthy and he's gonna play like 60 games in every playoff game then yeah the clippers would be one of the favorites in the west until then like i gotta see Like, no, they're not like Paul George (laughs) is a very, very good player and he can lift them to the playoffs himself, but he can't
0: listen to them to the
1: Western Conference Finals by himself.
0: Agreed. Um, And by the way, the game tomorrow, the Warriors and the Magic, this is a wild line. I mean, the the odds makers clearly feel like the Warriors are pissed. They're going to come out like gangbusters. They're favored by eight and a half over the Magic in tomorrow's game. The over under 226 and a half. I feel like if if that's how the odds makers feel, that over looks good. Um, any thoughts on tomorrow's line? The Magic, I'm sorry, the, the Warriors favored by eight and a half over the Magic. Well, well yeah, I, I can't make any comments on a line
1: I- involving any like, you know, especially involving the Warriors or whatever. Fair. I Fair. will say that like the Orlando Magic are one and seven. <laughs> and like that, they have grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory a couple of times this year. Yeah. Like, they let the Thunder go on like a 23 to 4 run in the fourth quarter last night for a game Ooh. that they largely led. How about Ooh. the 4 and 3 Oklahoma City Thunder, anyways? Mark Dagnall, I mean, I, I go back with him back to you know the 2014 15 G League season. Uh, when he was the Oklahoma City Blue head coach, Love that guy. I think he's done a hell of a job there for the Thunder. Like everyone just thinks that team's gonna lose seventy games every year, and they do find a way to scratch out mid twenties. You know, twenty-two and fifty in the in his first season in the shortened COVID year. I think they were like twenty-four and fifty-eight last year. I could be wrong, but somewhere around there. Like they're they're going to be competitive up until the point they shut players down. If that's the case, that's kind of what they did last year um so we'll see but like they're going to be competitive uh and yeah
0: i know you didn't ask me about no, sorry, no, no. Th- th- any th- any basketball talk from you is gold uh, i just want to add on to that the entire western conference is just in a bizarre world right now i, I mean the phoenix yeah. Suns look they, they won 64 games last year it's not a shock they're leading the west at six to one it surprises me a little bit i thought they would be more dysfunctional by now i also don't understand why they're they continue being tryhards in the regular season we've seen what that does to a team that's veteran laden you know
1: well I mean, I mean you gotta you gotta win
0: games yeah. like you gotta win games get to the playoffs like
1: <laughs> why why would you not try hard to win games
0: well, in the regular because, season because for a team like the Suns I mean is is isn't a big picture goal a world championship and we've what well, we've seen the last so they
1: said trick off games in the regular season
0: well look at the Warriors, you do. I, I, the Warriors do that year after year and their model is fine you know I, you know, I, I look at like the like LeBron. I mean, he load managed. You look at Kawhi Leonard, who's load managing left and right. I mean, you, the, the, the vision for them is clear. World title, the Suns, man. I mean, you saw how hard they tried in that, that Warriors game where they beat them handily. It's like great. Congrats on your regular season victory, but you know, history doesn't remember you know regular season success nearly as much as postseason. So. I don't know. I, I do think like they 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 put a little too much emphasis on the regular season. That's just me. I, you know, it could be wrong. Um, but I look at the standings and outside of the like the Trailblazers five and one, yeah. What the Jazz six and two, uh, the Spurs five and two. I you know, and you mentioned the Thunder four and three. I don't know what the hell is going on in the West right now. It, it, any explanation from you? I mean, other than maybe a lot of tryhards out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the veteran team. Yeah. It, it, it's two weeks into the season that that's my
1: explanation like the Warriors went on a six of 20 bender last year whatever it was through like February or March when I mean they just they they couldn't win right so like these things happen like you know teams that go 25 and 57 they will have a stretch where they win five of seven games like if if the standings are like this on January fifteenth, if the Blazers are still the two seed, the Jazz are like hosting a first round game, uh first round series, and the Spurs are in the top five, like I would be shocked. Agreed. But like you know, if we have played, but some of those teams have played like eight percent of their season. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll slow my roll <laughs> on the uh, Jazz winning
0: fifty games this year. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. If that's if this is if this is happening in January, man, my eyes are wide open in shock. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but again, you can bet on all this stuff. There's so much to have fun with. Just go to betonline.net to find all that information. And of course, betonline's main website. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it's where the game starts. <laughs> On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen today. After you're done with us, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked on sports today available on this app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You can follow Kevin Dana, the voice of the Santa Cruz warriors who make their debut this Friday, November 4th in Santa Cruz, right? It's a home game. Is that correct? Awesome. Home game against the Ontario Clippers. Oh, look at that. Beautiful Ontario, which is located near what like Oxnard and, uh, and, and Ventura. That's the Clippers G league team. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter at Kevo 408. Um, clay Thompson and Draymond green, are two names that um have been mentioned a lot lately because these are two players who are uh in their they're in their early 30s. I do not consider that old uh, per se for an NBA player, but Clay Thompson's come back from those two uh horrific injuries. Um Charles Barkley, by the way, doubled down last night. I don't know if you saw that on inside uh, the NBA um, regarding his comments saying that that clay is slipping. Uh he thinks clay's done. Um, and even though like he was chastised a little by by Kenny Smith. by by Shaquille O'Neal saying his comments were not only insensitive, but just inaccurate because we have no idea what version of Clay we're going to get. He did not have a normal offseason. He's still ramping up his conditioning. You could tell um, off his shots. I mean, every time those shots fall short and hit the front of the rim, that is just Clay not being where he needs to be uh, in terms of conditioning. Um, Let's start there first, man. uh, Based on the eye test, uh, and based on, on measurables as well, the statistics are not exactly like shining right now. What is your uh, s- assessment of Clay Thompson eight games in?
1: Yeah. I mean, we have seen, obviously it's a different circumstance this year, but we've seen him get off to really cold starts to seasons yes. before, like the, the 18, 19 season before he had 14 threes in Chicago, like it was a ghastly start to the season. Um, so that is, yeah, it, I mean, the, the slow start itself, the numbers themselves, not particularly concerning to me. I mean, yeah, like, like Clay said in his postgame presser after the win over Miami uh, on on Thursday, like in response to Charles Barkley, of course he's not the same, right? Like, no duh, like it's going to take time right. for him to get back to that I do think like with if we are having this conversation in March, then yeah, there would be some concern there. But like I, I like he is ramping up. He played what, 31 minutes last Correct. night and he had a really good third quarter. That that was a that was a, a really nice sight to see. But yeah, he he has started slow in, in most games. I feel like I do feel like his defense kind of step-by-step continues to get a little bit better where he'll have some really solid on ball possessions where he is guarding like third quarter against Phoenix, like before he got ejected, I thought like he was really starting to get into Devin Booker. Yeah, agreed. Devin Booker eventually, you know, lit the Warriors aflame, but I I thought, you know, there was a, you know, that that competitive fire was lit. All right, is he the best defensive option for Golden State on the perimeter with Andrew Wiggins there? No, like Andrew Wiggins probably is your key defensive stopper now as far as guarding, you know, guys of the Jason Tatum ilk. That wouldn't be a Klay Thompson assignment anymore necessarily for the bulk of the game. But, I mean, I still think he has a lot left in the tank. I I, I still think he is far from being done. Like, I, I think that's way too much of a proclamation for one person to make. I, I, I am like, he hasn't played a full season's worth of games yet since returning from the injury. It's close to what, like 60 games now. So I, if for a guy who has needed more of a runway to start regular seasons in the past before, before these injuries, like I think it's natural and yeah, no, there, there are things where like, yeah, he's short on a lot of his shots. Like you mentioned Cyrus, that, yeah, maybe the conditioning probably isn't there because he didn't play a lot of pickup. Just all right, because the last time he played pickup, he tore his Achilles. Which, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, totally understandable. So, yeah, I mean, but like large picture, i and I know I keep on saying this, but like, I I don't think this is enough of a sample size to say that clay Thompson's career is over. He's on the downswing, like let let's see what it's like halfway through the season let's see what it's like in the postseason i mean at the end of last regular season he got on a tear for golden state like he got his average up north of 20 points per game when he was hovering around 16 17 18 for a good chunk of you know the 32 33 games however many he played last year uh and and i i i don't know if he's gonna average 20 a game this year what is he at right now through eight games gonna quickly look this up oh uh, like, i
0: i got it right here he's averaging what, what do you look for st- uh, points or uh yeah he's at 13.3 no,
1: right now correct. like i i expect that to uh, on his splits what 35 30 88 like yeah those numbers are going to go north i, I to me, I, I, I hope so. I mean, those are like his within, career
0: lows for him easily. Yeah, I don't think that's within
1: doubt. Yeah. Like, I think he's clearly going to, you know, get those shooting numbers Yeah, up.
0: I, I don't doubt that either. The only thing about him that concerns me a little bit right now, and I, and I do think it has a lot to do with conditioning, is I just don't see him looking light-footed out there, especially when it comes to defense. Not so much man-on-man D, but more so when opposing teams are swinging the ball around looking for an open three-pointer. I, that's fair i don't see him chasing like he normally does and i don't know if that's conditioning but i'm also not seeing that from a lot of players i think kaminga the reason why he's not playing is because when he does get minutes you don't see that hustle right like you don't see that 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 hundred percent all or nothing type of of attitude i don't see that from him and and for kaminga there's no excuse for that um for clay thompson that yeah, he's he's building back his conditioning he, he's trying to get back in game shape um, that makes a little more sense uh, now draymond Green is a player that I, I look I my, the eye test sits when I'm sitting here saying this from my own observation skills he looks a little chubby. I know he said he came in in, in great shape and he looks like he's in I'm sorry uh, and he he doesn't look like he's like uh like belaboring out there um but he does have like a, he looks a little chubby right that's just my observation skills. but when you look at how he has done, As a defensive player, in terms of one-on-one matchups, Jimmy Butler, for example, in two games against the Heat this year, he's shot five of nine when matched up with Draymond Green. That's 55.6% from the field. Jimmy Butler, who over the last three years has shot, what, 25% from three? He's been four of six from three. The man who was assigned to him was supposed to be defending him was Draymond Green. A weird pattern I'm noticing with Draymond Green, which I don't like, is that a lot of times when he's running to the perimeter shooter uh, who's putting up a three-point attempt, his hands aren't up. I don't know if that's conditioning. I don't know. It just looks like he just gives up, like he's running to him. And instead of having his hands straight up, so at a minimum, vision is obscured. At a minimum, it adds a little more pressure to the shooter. He just kind of runs up to him with his hands down. I've never seen that before. That's a little weird to me. But you look at the the matchups on the season, like, like in that Kings game, Keegan Murray shot three of four with him guarding him aaron gordon shot two of five uh bohan bogdanovich in that pistons game was a perfect three for three when draymond guarded him Jokic was two for four from the field when he was guarding him deandre aiden uh went four for six with draymond guarding him i could go down this list uh and give you a lot of other players like max streus was one for two caleb martin was one for two gordon hayward in that hornets game was two for four these are players shooting 50 percent or better against uh, an individual that the Warriors count on so much for his defense, more than anything else. I know he's a fantastic offensive facilitator, and passing-wise, he still lights out. That's one thing I'm not going to complain about because he's making passes that are just wild out there. But his defense is concerning me. Um, And again, this is now when you talk about the 32 thing as an age, this is someone that has a, a hernia in his lower back. That's not going away. All he can do is just build muscles around it, and, and hope for the best, it, that part concerns me. Am I, am I crazy? Is my concern over overblown to you? What are you seeing, man? Are you seeing the same thing? Are you seeing something totally different? Your thoughts on Draymond Green?
1: Well, with respect to the Jimmy Butler numbers, Draymond wants him to shoot that shot, and he's made it against Golden State. Like and Jimmy Butler, I like even going back to the bubble season. I feel like he has gone into Golden State games just shooting terribly from three, and then just finds a way to bomb a couple threes. <laughs> but like the, those contests, I've noticed against Jimmy Butler, it's just like he's daring him to shoot. That's the shot that Draymond wants him to take, and for a guy who is not a good three point shooter, I, I would live with Jimmy Butler shooting threes all day because he doesn't want to take a lot of threes um with respect to the other like you you mentioned the the stats on the other guys anyone who was one of two against Draymond I think that's too small of a fair, fair. size but, but like let me, two of four let me this is, like to you because for defense. the three points you know like yeah. Keegan
0: Murray was was uh two for three from beyond the arc uh Bogdanovich who was a lights out shooter was a perfect two for two I saw that with him as well like he just runs up to him and doesn't have the hands up I don't know wh- why that is if he's just tired uh Chris Paul was one for two from three uh, Kyle Lowry was 1 for 2 from 3 with Draymond on him. I, I just there's something going on there, man. Am I you don't see it? Is it just me?
1: Uh, no, I mean, I haven't I haven't necessarily noticed that beyond like the Jimmy Butler games cuz I all for some reason like I have uh I kind of locked I'm locked on Jimmy Butler like three-point attempts against Golden <laughs> State. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so like I I specifically notice him like like daring butler to shoot i can't say that i made the same observation so i i don't i don't disagree i don't i can't like support or tear down your statement
0: yeah and just for anyone watching or listening as well pay attention um because i'm i've been starting to kind of lock on him um and I'm, I'm i'm watching him like like on every possession i'm starting to really focus on him just to see his impact defensively and I, I, I'm seeing a step loss, man, and I really hope that it's just early season post championship like apathy because that is a very real thing. Um, if anything, I, I felt assuaged last night listening to to Kenny Smith and Shaq, both of whom have uh, you know championship experience, repeat championship experience, and they both were talking about how uh, when they won their titles the following year, it sometimes takes them until like January to start kind of really caring. Um, because you just literally were in the most intense battles uh, imaginable on a basketball court. And then all of a sudden now it's like game five of the regular season. You just, it's just hard to wake up to a, a, that level of competition when you've literally just gone into a war with a Celtics defense that was many considered one of the greatest ever. Um, but, but at the same time, I, I, I hope that's all it is because Draymond I, is... Uh, it's it's worrying me a little bit that that concerns me I think more than anything else what is your thoughts on James Wiseman by the way uh you know I feel like he's getting unfair criticism this is a player who is young uh he's developing um you know and and with young players defense comes last in terms of development typically uh I think offensively he's he's playing at times great I mean just being a lop threat, being an inside threat for the Warriors has been awesome Right. That's something they didn't have much of last year. Um, but he's getting criticism defensively. Uh he's getting criticism for you know not being a, a terrific shot blocker, maybe, uh for being slow footed out there defensively. Um, what is your assessment of James Wiseman, who you've seen up close and personal plenty of times? And obviously I, I respect your opinion tremendously. I would love to know what your thoughts are on Wiseman three-eight games.
1: One final comment on draymond before i move to james i do have uh, plenty to say about james but i do think like all right i haven't noticed though those defensive things that you mentioned i'll I'll take your word for it like i'm i'm not the most observant person watching a game like you're you're keyed on to that so you've been studying it more than me i do feel like draymond greens made a ton of really good defensive plays this year like getting there was that fast break it was it detroit or charlotte where like, he just came back and you know, batted an alley-oop away. I feel like I've seen – I mean, he had three steals last night. I think his presence is still being massively felt on the defensive end. And as soon as he got off the floor against Miami, the defense cratered. Yeah, that's uh, fair. In the first quarter. To James Wiseman, um, where do I want to start? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, de- the defense has – generally not been good uh, you know it's i mean like the defensive rate i don't know what it is now but like going into the game last night it was like 118.9 or something which is i think like second worst on the team Ooh. he's obviously not the only one having defensive issues the whole team is um, the bench especially yeah, well, yeah yeah the bench especially the one thing that i noticed last night from james is that when he switched on to guard ball handling guards or the ball handler off the pick and roll, he stuck with those guys. And I know like they're teaching him drop coverage and they want him to be a rim protector. Right. So if you're switching on to a ball handler, you're not a rim protector anymore. But I'd be curious, and this might sound like a really stupid thing to say. I've you know, I'm not a I'm not a coach, but I would be curious if how the defense would work. If they just told James to primarily switch, and like, cause I thought, you know, all right, Kyle Lowry isn't the fastest guard. Like, maybe you don't do that with De'Aaron Fox, and, but and Jimmy Butler, he's a great player, but he's not known as being one of the fastest guys. But when he switched onto those guys, like he stayed right with yeah. them, either forced them to give it up or take a really tough shot. Like Kyle Lowry hit like a rainbow prayer over James Wiseman with like, like you can't play better defense. That was just a better shot um i i'd be curious to see if they do more of that with james wiseman defensively in pick and rolls going forward because like in the drop coverage he's had trouble this year like when he's having to make a decision between all right am i guarding the ball handler am i guarding the the roll man and then inevitably like a lob is given up for an alley-oop or is that against was that Detroit where like there was just like a, or even Bam out of bio last night in the first half, I think got like a pretty thunderous alley-oop when they involved James in the pick and roll. And and so, yeah, it it seems like he has been a step slow. And, but also, as you mentioned, Cyrus, like that is not easy stuff to learn for a guy who missed all of last season. And yeah, he could watch a lot of film and, and he could get better by watching film but it's a completely different thing to like actually experience trying to guard Bam out of bio, right? <laughs> like there's only so much you can watch right. on film. And so like, I expect him to get significantly better as the season goes on, like, and it's going to take a year or two. That's why they picked up his, uh, the option for 23, 24, yep. right? Like, cause there's plenty of promise there. And I, I think sometimes when he doesn't perform the way he wants to perform defensively. It affects his confidence offensively, or like it, because like he doesn't normally fumble. He has like pretty decent hands, and like right. sometimes you'll see him fumble passes out of bounds, or like not finish lobs, miss dunks, or miss layups that he would you know normally finish in his sleep. And it's usually coming off you know defensive possessions where he was at least partly responsible for the team getting an easy basket um and, and so like I I'm not worried by any of that I just like I think that eventually like he is going to get better defensively but yeah no it it's not where it needs to be right now there's there's no doubt about that but I do like I do see signs in every game yeah. like uh, he's been much better in the second half of the Detroit and Miami games than he was in his first in those games Absolutely. like he had some really solid rim protection in the second half against Detroit he had that nice help side block on Jimmy Butler last night, um, and yeah, so I, I, there was a foul he picked up. Uh, it was the second half of Detroit, maybe, where he was like mostly vertical attempting to, what was that, Hamadou Diallo going up for a dunk, um, and you know, Wiseman just kind of you know made his presence felt. It feels like he gets himself into that second half lather, at least in these last two games. Now it's just about Coming out of the gates a little bit
0: stronger. I, I'm, and again, I, I, I've, I've so much patience for Wiseman for the simple reason he's so inexperienced. I mean, like in big picture, this would have been his senior year in college. Um, he missed a whole year. He only played three college games as freshman year. So you have to give him a pass because, like, like you said, um, and especially the Warrior system is so complicated. But defensively, again, that comes last. But that's also why I'm so damn concerned about Kaminga because for every DNP, those are minutes he's not playing to gain that experience that he needs to become a solid defensive player, solid rebounder. Obviously, you know his offensive skill set, and that is my only qualm with Ty Jerome. And I'll finish the show on on that note. I have nothing against him. I like you know I understand the Warriors need need a ball handler out there. <clears throat> he's you know, he's not playing bad. I mean, last night he was two for four from three. Uh, those were his only uh, field goal attempts. But um, I don't like that those minutes, Ty Jerome played 13 minutes last night. I just don't like that those minutes are going to Ty Jerome and not Jonathan Kaminga. And where I get frustrated is that if Kerr is making these decisions for for the purpose of winning games, you're not winning, dude. Like, they're 3-5. and So if you're going to be losing these games, I would much rather have young players out there losing and gaining valuable experience by gaining reps in the process, instead of coming and getting a DNP and they still lose the game. That's where my frustration is starting to kick in a little bit. Is that okay if you're if playing the veterans and playing the guys that you think will help you win games is your your mentality, your you know your your, your thought process here um, and your approach? Fine if you're winning games if that's resulting in wins, fine. But they're not. They're three and five on the year. They're Oh, and four on the road. And that is why I'm a little frustrated with the Ty Jerome minutes. It's not because of him. It's because those are 13 minutes that Kaminga could have had um, that he didn't have. And they still lost. So that's where I, that's where my frustration comes, man. Am I making sense on that at all? Or or no, I don't you, your thoughts, your final thoughts on. I, mean, that
1: I hear your frustration and wanting to see Jonathan Kaminga play, but like, he's a completely different position than Ty Jerome. Like, they need the ball hand. Yeah. Dante Divincenzo is not out there, and that's why that's why Ty Jerome is playing. Right. Like if Anthony Lamb was getting consistent minutes over Jonathan Kaminga, then I I I would see the parallel because they're more or less now they have different skill sets, but they're more or less similar positionally. If that was kind of the trade off. By the way, I thought Anthony Lamb did a nice job in display. Same. Same. If if that was the, I would. I could see that argument a little more clearly if that was the dynamic, uh, but I, I I don't see it that way. Just because, like, all right, if if Ty Jerome's not out there, I mean, they play Jonathan Kaminga at point guard in summer league, but like, that's that's not what he's going to be like in the NBA. He's not going to be like a, the, at, certainly at this stage in his career, he's not like a primary ball handler like a Ty Jerome is out there for. Right. So I it's just like. Yeah, the the minutes that are there for
0: Kaminga potentially, they aren't gonna come from the thirteen minutes that Ty Jerome gets. Well, let me ask you this: like, when when Ty Jerome is out there, is he like, like, are the Warriors really lacking in ball handling? Like, is like, is he really needed that much? Where you're taking Kaminga out? Like, I, to me, like, the whole the the very point guard position in today's game particularly is, is a little overblown to me, just because most of these guys can bring the ball up the court. Um, You know the entire system of the Warriors like they don't run pick and roll so you don't really like need like this outstanding ball handler to set up the offense it's all about motion and movement to to create chaos on the defensive side and Kaminga could be a part of that process I just I don't know man I I, I don't get it and I, I do wish I, reporters would ask her about it repeatedly because we haven't gotten clear answers on the reasons for why um and again for the big picture this Warriors team is going to need Kaminga off the bench playing positive minutes uh if they're going to be successful in the postseason and he's never going to get to that point if you don't play him so I I, I'm I'm just Uh, perplexed by all this I don't know man but so I'm I'm just
1: I'm trying to look at when he came in in the first quarter who the five-man lineup was I'm looking at the game yeah so Jamichael Green Moses Moody Ty Jerome um who uh, james wiseman and i can't i i can't tell who the fifth one is because the fifth person isn't wasn't making a didn't make like a statistical play but all right with those
0: four who who else is gonna you know get the team into their offense moody i don't know i mean but again i mean what what do you what do you what do you mean by get into the offense they don't again they don't have like a Traditional offensive system where the point guard's like calling the play and and running everything. They've- Someone someone's got to like at least handle the rock, like right. Bring like, it up, yeah. Right, Most
1: Moody can handle. I mean, yeah, I mean, bring it. Bring it up. Direct the offense and stuff. Like Most Moody's. I mean, I love Most Moody. He's not necessarily a point guard though, right? But, like, but, but, but and, and I understand that. Like, all right, you know, position. You know, we play a positionless game. I still think like. You need another another steady hand out there. You need another, like, steady ball hand. Do you,
0: though? I mean, look at the – I do think I'll so. Say, I'll say – I'll counter with this. Like, the Warriors – oh, i got to run here. Okay. I'm sorry. But uh, the no, no, Warriors last year did had – the only – the equivalent of Ty Jerome last year was Chris Chioza. And Chioza didn't see playing time at all for sometimes months. And they were fine despite that. And, and there was really no one else on the roster who could handle the ball. And they were fine.
1: 2 could bring it up. You
0: know that, and they were fine. So I don't understand why now you need Ty Jerome. That's that's when I, I don't know. Like, and the way the offense runs again, it's it's not like this isn't like the the Portland Trailblazers or the Mavericks where your point guard has a high usage rate. It's like he's just literally just has to dribble the ball up to the past the half court line and then get the offense going with passes, passes, passes. You know, all they're doing is just passing and then moving, setting screens. And I just don't see why. It, you need ty jerome in there and and again they're not winning they're not winning with them so that's that's i don't know man i i could be totally wrong i could be wrong okay this is just a talk show and i'm just expressing yeah yeah no hey um... we
1: embrace debate it's (laughs) like like they say on the first take no hey look, you got very fair points i'm I'm not i'm not saying anything otherwise like no you, you make very valid points um i just to me, I do think you need someone else who can handle the rock, right? That, that's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying that Jonathan Kaminga can't handle the rock, it's just that, like, that's what Ty Jerome does. Like, and he's like, he comes from Virginia, he knows how to play defense. I think he really gets after it, yeah, defense, he does, which I really like about him. And I will say this I know he was a first round draft pick, the Warriors didn't draft him in the first round, uh, so like, they're getting really good value. On a two way contract. And like, you know, like Chioza, that's like a traditional two way contract kind of guy. Like, and I think the Warriors have hit on a lot of two way guys before with like a Juan Toscano Anderson and a Damian Lee and a Quinn Cook, especially, where like I think maybe sometimes Warriors fans get a little spoiled. Like, oh, this two way guy should come in and just get double figures for us. (laughs) Like, that's not really how it works. And and I do think Ty
0: Drome on this road trip has been really, really good. In know uh, in all three games for the role that he's playing yeah that's fair and again i'm none of this is hating on ty jerome yeah. i just no no none of this yeah, I, 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 I just i just simply want kaminga and I'm, I'm just curious what's going on uh, uh and this friday the debut of the Santa Cruz warriors kevin dan is making the call are there still seats available or are you sold out any information you want to share with the audience about uh this friday night's game and any future games
1: that's a good question. I don't know if it's sold out, but you can find out at santacruzbasketball.com if you can get tickets or not. We usually do sell out the place. Um, yeah, no, and I, I didn't take it as, uh, hey, look, uh, I want to see Jonathan Kaminga play too, Cyrus. Like, I'm with you on that. I would love to see Kaminga play whenever he gets those minutes, and I, I do think he will get those minutes soon. But yeah, Ontario Santa Cruz Warriors, uh, you won't see Ty Jerome and Santa Cruz that game because they're gonna be in New Orleans. But uh hopefully, and, yeah.
0: Well, and I'm just so sure. how can people watch you? Like, is the game games oh, televised, yeah. right?
1: NB uh, NBC Sports Bay Area, same channel that you watch your Golden State Warriors on, is where you can watch the Santa Cruz Warriors. And when we have a conflict with Golden State, you can catch us on the NBC Sports Bay Area Plus channel. 780. I know it for Xfinity subscribers. I don't know what there you go.
0: That. There you go. Yeah. So that's if you're bumped by the Warriors at 780. Otherwise, the same channel as the Golden State Warriors, and that's NBC Sports Bay Area. Looking forward to watching you make that call. Always a pleasure, Kevin. I love you, man. You can follow Kevin Dana on Twitter, at Kevo408. Uh, follow the, G, the the Santa Cruz Warriors, I believe, at G League Warriors. I think that's their Twitter handle. Am I? Yep, you got it. You got there you it. go. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.